0: It's the last stand podcast, and here's your host, Brian Custer. That's right, it is the last stand. We bring you the biggest names in the sport, and when you talk about the 122 pound division, I tell you what, one of the biggest names is the WBO super bantamweight champion of the world. Uh, he, you know him as Cool Boy Steph, but he is also Philly's only current boxing champion. He is Stephen Fulton Jr. Cool Boy, welcome to The Last Stand.
1: How you doing today?
0: (laughs) It's great to have you on champ. Uh, It's good to have you on because we already know you got a fight date, which is September 11th. We know your opponent, which is Brandon Figueroa, who's also a champion in this division, the WBC champion. Uh, you guys have been circling each other in the amateurs uh, professionally. Now you're fighting for unification of the belts. What kind of fight should we expect?
1: Uh, honestly, smart style, smart boxing for me on my on my end. Uh, you know, I'm always think and think fast and quick at any moment. Uh, I feel like I'm a thinker, so that's what I do best. So I feel like on my end, I'm doing my job by just being the best I can be. On his And I feel like he would just do his part as, in, you know, being a more better pressure fighter.
0: You know, when you look at the boxing rankings uh, of the top 10 fighters at 122 pounds, uh, they have Brandon Figueroa, one, Stephen Fulton Jr., number two. Do you agree with that?
1: I feel like I'm number one, but I understand that like, he just uh, just got a belt and fought his first, you know... Notable fighter to date. So I feel like that's what that is about. I feel like I'm number one now.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, but you've you've had a series of beaten unbeaten fighters.
1: For sure, for sure. And it it doesn't end here, as we we know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you believe that this fight with Brandon Figueroa will be more difficult uh, than the fight you had with Angela Leo when you won the title?
1: I don't think it'd be. I don't think it'd be more difficult. I think it'd be more easier for me, honestly. Uh, it will be more easier just because the styles of the of the fight.
0: <laughs> I, I, listen, that that'll raise a lot of eyebrows when people hear you say that.
1: No, it's. I mean, it's the truth in my eyes and, and my abilities. I believe it's true. I believe that the fight will be easier than everyone expected to be.
0: You know, you called uh, Figueroa's win over Neri. Quote, wild and sloppy. And one that you've already shown folks that you can box, that you can slug it out. And now you're going to show, I'm going to show everyone in September, I can knock people out like Brandon Figueroa. I mean, champ, he's unbeaten. He's a champion as well. Um, He's taller. He's going to have the range. Why do you believe that you can take out Brandon Figueroa.
1: He doesn't use his range. He doesn't use his height. So technically, I'll be the bigger fighter. I'll be the taller fighter. I'll be the rangier fighter. He doesn't use it. You know, he doesn't know how to use those abilities that he, he has. He only has one way to fight.
0: And you believe that th- that fight is gonna end in a knockout? For sure.
1: Yes, I believe hmm.
0: that. Hmm. Um, Brandon Figueroa said, listen, quote, I'm going to have to box him a bit, uh, be more of a counter puncher. Do you believe his style and pressure, uh, which has seemed to be too much for other fighters, will be an issue for you?
1: No, not at all. I mean, we've watched my last fight. We've seen uh, that I barely was tired and could go more rounds. Uh, tiredness is my word about boxing. As for as him uh, being the boxer and this Fight. Uh, I don't see it happening at all. Not one bit. Uh, first, first time something goes wrong, he's going to resort to his natural instinct, and that's to just you know bring out the Mexican style. Nothing is wrong with it, but that's that'll be his his go-to.
0: What do you think the boxing public will be saying about Stephen Fulton Jr. after this fight that they haven't said about you already?
1: Uh, honestly. I, 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 it's like a love and hate relationship with the boxing community and like far as the fans, because I, just by Brandon winning, I mean, we all knew it wasn't a, a clean like far as before the stoppage, it wasn't a clean fight, but since that, it already, the knockout just gave everyone the, oh, he's the number one in the division. So once i seen that, knowing how that fight was just going, it was like, uh, I see how, I see how the, how, the, how the fans could be now, so now just i taking that all in and just after this fight, I know I'll be labeled as the number one in the division once again, mm. but coming him coming off of that fight is like y'all label him number one off of just him winning those titles or after the performance, what are we, what are we labeling that labeling him as? Mm.
0: And, and, and because you say that you will not only stop him, but knock him out. What do you think they'll be saying about Stephen Fulton Jr.? If you do that and oh, have uh, all the belts.
1: Oh, he has power. Uh, I don't see nobody beating this guy. Wait till he moves up to 126. We'll see if this person can handle him. It's gonna be a lot of it's gonna be a lot of things. And you know, that's why I fight the way I fight, because I always wanna give them the what's next? What's gonna happen next? So that's why I do what I do. That's why I just be me.
0: Um uh, why is no one it seemed like, especially the top guys at 122 talking about Daniel Roman who you know was a former unified champ and 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 listen it, he continues to put up good wins uh despite that 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 one loss why do you think no one's talking about daniel roman
1: i feel like uh how long has he been off i mean he how just long-
0: came back and got a win
1: uh and well how long was the layoff <laughs> yeah
0: it was it was like over a year
1: that's why nobody's talking about. He wasn't. Now's now when out of nowhere you come out, you expect people to just give you a shot after over a year. You and we've been putting the work in. No, you got to work your way back. You didn't get that rematch. Did he get the rematch with MJ? He did not. But you want all of us to give you the shot. But you didn't even get a rematch from your, the titles that you lost. Come on, it doesn't work that way. That's why nobody cares for him right now, and and our division, as far as ones that has the belt. Nobody just going that that right there would be me going backwards. Same with yeah. the Alim guy. That he don't have a title. He doesn't have nothing that I can benefit off of. It's everything. Every, the gain is from him. It's everything. In the game if I gain if if I fight him, it's nothing. I'm I will be gaining. I'll be going back. I'm just fighting him because a couple fans say, "Oh, Alim is nice," but we only seen two fights of, of Alim. The first fight that he fought, the the kid barely threw a punch. The second fight that we fought, Vic Presius, it was sloppy. He didn't know how to stop him. He didn't know how to end him. So y'all seen two fights, but that once again, Brandon just won sloppy fight. But long somebody got knocked out, landed one shot, it was oh he's a. I want to see this guy and that guy, and it's like, look who y'all talking, look who y'all trying to compare these guys with. I already showed I've been rocked, I've been hurt before. I showed it. and what I do, I still come back. Now, when that happens to them, can they come back from it?
0: Interesting. Um, Another guy who's thrown out your name from across the pond, from Ireland, Mick Conlon, came out and said that he would love to fight Stephen Fulton Jr. Uh, What do you think about that fight?
1: Uh, I feel like, once again, I'm the smarter fighter, I'm the better fighter than him. Uh, We all, I feel like his time is just, ah, he's just banging to get one world title and that'll be it for him. He's just over with him, It's over with him, and I'll be gladly to just take take that away from him and wash his dreams away as well. And I'm only saying that because it's like, you was just at 126, I believe you were number one at 126, why didn't you take that opportunity to get the title there? So it shows me right there, there was some weakness, there was some scariness, there was something about a fighter up there, who knows? but for you to just want to step down after you just was up there. And I believe at that at that number one spot, you didn't get that. You didn't take that opportunity, but you think it's going to be easier when you come down here. No. Uh,
0: th- now, listen, there are some, and a lot has been written too, about this. Uh, even people over in Japan saying they would love to see you fight the monster. Naoya Inoue, who's considered pound for pound one of the best fighters in the world. What do you think? I
1: believe once again, yeah. See, if I, if I break down, if I break down, I, I'm not being biased. If a person, I'm like, oh, he's good. He's good. But I have to say this. If I break down that fight between me and him, before it happens, it most likely will happen until they work on what I was what I'm about to say, but I'm not going to say it. I see me wiping him out clean, clean. He's too small for me. He's too short. His, his, his reach isn't isn't there. I'm not gonna sit there for that, 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 those, those power shots all the time. It's just a lot that I can just analyze off of him. He's good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not discrediting him, taking anything away from him. I took my hat off, but he's not better than me. I believe he's the I believe the same thing that happens in Neri will happen to him.
0: So he he needs to get his weight up, is what you're saying
1: sure for sure I mean yeah, but, uh, uh boxing uh, boxing critics and other fighters like he say will say he's cocky when at the end of the day'm I'm, I'm a smart fighter I know how to analyze and break down my fights and my style against other fighters and other styles so if me being honest and me saying I'm gonna win it will be cocky then I guess I'm just cocky because I'm gonna always pick myself to become the winner
0: mm. and uh, when you look at the the landscape of boxing, if you're victorious over Brandon Figueroa, are we talking pound for pound when we talk to Stephen Fulton Jr.? For sure, for sure. When
1: I become victorious over Brandon, I'm, I believe I'll be considered in the pound for pound. Not only that, I'll, I believe I'll be still be have the fight of the year candidate along with this one maybe entering, and at that, I see I could be become the fighter of the year. Wow! I lost uh, everything. 2020, coming back, became a world champion in 2021, then unified in 2021, having two possibly fight of the year candidates, I could be the fighter of the year. No, no, no shots and nobody at Canelo or anybody, but I feel like I would deserve it. if Once this fight come and and, and it lives up to its expectations and man, Brandon put on a hell of a performance and I try to break that record of throwing the most punches ever and put it in the division. Come on. I think I, I think I would deserve it.
0: Cool boy, if it was up to you, give me, and you were your own promoter, own manager, give me your next three fights, if it was up to you. Me, Brandon, MJ,
1: and I would say in Hmm.
0: Hmm. I like it. I like it.
1: That brings more to the table. That brings more hype than any other, other guys in the division.
0: Have we seen the best of Stephen Fulton Jr. yet?
1: No, no. And I only, I'm only, i only saying that because y'all, y'all, everyone is just to see that I can fight in the pocket, in the inside. So it's like, dang, I've been doing this for years in the gym. But it's like, that just shows you I have that discipline and the mindset that when they say it's time to fight, then, then I'll fight. I, I fought all 16, 17 fights boxing. But when it's time to bring out certain things, I will bring them up. That shows you that I had that mental discipline that I'm able to fight whatever fight, whatever style when need be. And it, it still have yet to be the best that y'all have seen them. Mm.
0: And if you were saying, you know, rank it on a scale 100%, about how much have we seen of you this far?
1: I believe y'all seen them about 60% of me
0: got it so there's a lot more left huh
1: uh, it's it's uh, and i say that because uh due to like me not being big in the super bannerway division at first and me having like the 8 month layoff during the, the 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 legal allegations that some other people was having uh i believe that right there and the pandemic has changed me and brought out more of me and me being myself in the ring and wanting to take on this person that person and and engage more in fights that's why I feel like a lot of y'all haven't seen the best I could do I believe I slept on the game a long time I I didn't give it that that, the the respect that it deserved
0: And, and are you uh just as hungry now as you were before you were champion
1: for sure I feel like I'm not satisfied at all yet nowhere near satisfied I had to do something that uh that'll amaze me and open my eyes. And like damn, I did that for me to feel like damn. All right, then I can shed some tears or cry. <laughs> I'm not satisfied yet. I feel like when I feel like a lot of fighters get satisfied too quick once they get a world title. They set that cap just to become a world title uh a world title holder, No, it's not that's not it for me.
0: How much longer um will you fight at uh 122 before we see you at featherweight?
1: I have to become the undisputed. I gotta become undisputed.
0: Is that uh, a year, year and a half, or as long as it takes?
1: Not even a year and a half. That is gonna happen real soon. Okay. I, I give it by, i give it by 2020, 2022, around, probably next, next, around the time I fought Leo. Leo, if I can do it by then, I'll probably move up mm-hmm. and, and probably yeah. face Navarette for that WBL
0: For uh, Neverette? hmm oh. So you're not moving up until you're undisputed at 122.
1: Yep. There's never been an undisputed champion at 122. I need to be the first to do that.
0: Um, your best friend, Jeron Boots Ennis, had him on. He said, I'm ready for Errol Spence. Terrence Crawford, Keith Thurman, all of those guys right now, and I would beat them. Just recently, we had your fellow Philly um, native Julian Williams on. He said, experience overrated. I know that kid. I've seen him fight. He's telling the truth. You spend as much time with boots (laughs) as anybody. Give us, you know, this is the unfiltered straight talk. In your opinion, do you believe Jerome Boots Ennis could beat a Errol Spence or a Terrence Crawford right now?
1: I believe he's ready. He's ready. He ready. And I'm not being biased. It's from me seeing what he does in the gym, see how often he goes to the gyms, see what he does on his days off. (laughs) <laughs> he lives up to the hype. <laughs> he lives up his it's, it's right there. I feel like just being around him enhanced enhance my my youth more of me doing a lot more in the ring. I feel like being that so that's yeah, he's ready. Hmm. He's ready. He's ready. I feel like he give I feel like he he gives the top guys problems. A, a lot of problems. Like they will have to figure out other ways to beat him, honestly.
0: You know the fight game really well. Is he, though, in a really tough predicament because he has looked so good, those guys are there at the top and they say, and you know the fight game financially, why would I do that? It's not smart for me to fight this game. He doesn't have a title. He's a young lion coming up. Why would I – it seems like he's just in that one of those precarious positions where – it may be a while before he gets that title shot.
1: I feel like he, I feel like the same way. I feel like that is the case. Uh These guys are not willing to take what they call it, a high risk, low reward fights. Not saying uh Boots isn't like a high reward, but realistically speaking, as far as like those type of fights, not right now, he, he ain't. Well, he's not. But I have to say, Ah, they—they they, they, ah, it was boxing. Get him in the shot. Y'all think y'all the best? You know what I mean, fight. You see the best.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I think that's why. I think I would and, love to see.
1: Not to cut you off, but if there's nobody else to fight at them those divisions, like Earl about to fight Pacquiao, uh, Crawford could possibly face Ugas or something. Once that's over with, I mean. If y'all two not gonna fight face each other, let yeah. Was it let, let Jerome Ennis come in and the, get the, in the picture somewhere,
0: or fight a Keith Thurman, or you know, I would love to see like a Keith Thurman fight him, or a Sean Porter, you know, fight him. I think, I don't would, think be- he would
1: fight boost. Though I don't think he would fight him.
0: Hmm. <laughs> fight um, boots. since we're talking about Julian Williams, listen, he made a lot of news when he 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 came on uh the Last Stand because one of the things he said a cool boy was, he said 70 to about 75% of the top fighters are on PEDs. And he said, trust me. And then all of a sudden, John Pascal gets popped for three steroids, not just one, but That's three of them. Um, you've been in the fight game for a little bit. I know you're young, but you've been in a fight game. What do you think? Are a lot of the top guys you think on something?
1: I, I believe they are. I believe they are. Uh, I don't want to, I'm not pointing any fingers at anyone, but I believe there are a lot of guys that are on PDs. And like he, like Julian just said, it's just shows. Soon he said it, it shows Somebody can pop right out for not one, not two, but three different PDs in their system. So it's like, that's, I mean, you can't argue that.
0: You can't. Um, listen, I, I love your story. Because uh, as a kid growing up in West Philly, or the Bottoms, as they call uh, that area, you make it out uh, and become a world champion. You know, quickly, tell us how you got into boxing uh, in your story, considering, you know, you you didn't even basically see your father until you were like 10, 12 years old.
1: Well, when he came home, finally came home, he the one who got me into boxing with my... uh, trainer, my past trainer, Hamza, he's the one who uh got us back connected and, you know, kind of put the word in, like, uh, I mean, what you guys are doing? And they like, man, we just training kids right now. So then when he looked at me, he looked at me and said, you want to box? And I'm like, I don't care. I, I box. You know, as a kid not doing nothing, it's like, I don't care. I try it. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know. But then when they start showing me pictures of other guys that, that are – that they had, I was like, all right, yeah, I'm, I'm very competitive. So I'm like, all right, I want, I want to look like that, but I want to be better. So then when I seen them in the gym and I'm working on my, getting my step in and my foot right, I'm watching them in the speed bag, jumping rope, doing a crawl. I'm like, yo, I always see people do the crossy thing thing with the rope. <laughs> I want to do it. Never. I never, <laughs> I never could do it. So I'm a quick learner. I'm a very quick learner. I was at, then I started my first day at champs boxing gym. Yep, Champs gym. Off uh 2700 in North Philadelphia. Bernard Hop used to be in there, uh all the legends used to be in there. And you know, I'm still stepping, everybody else doing their thing, looking nice, slipping. And so I'm very competitive I'm like, I, I gotta do that. I wanna do that. They took me running my first time ever like really gonna run. I think I did like three miles, but I finished before everybody. Yeah, I, I, was, I was making it known. I want to do this. So as I as I kept going on, I finally had, like, my first fight. Lost my first fight, my first amateur fight to a guy who was on Showtime. <laughs> and he actually was training with us. <laughs> so I lost my first amateur fight towards him. The second fight, and I lost the fight due to inactivity as far as letting my hands go. I was nervous. But I was doing a lot of slipping. Uh, uh, this one I was real slick. Then I gotta say this: my second fight got a stoppage, and from there on, I just kept progressing. Just
0: That's kept fantastic. On. That's fantastic. I love it. I love it. And and now here you are, world champion. But the other thing I love that you did, even because you're young, uh, you you went in real estate. You got yourself. You own a business. You own a restaurant. Um, so uh, talk to me about CBS Crabs.
1: Oh man. I'm actually here right now. So, you know, we, we still clean up and get things situated for later on in the day and the rest of the weekend. But I feel like it's an amazing journey for me as of right now. It showed me, it gave me a, a, a more open eyes to what are the what are the business side of things. And when I do be at restaurants, I tip the waiters and, you know, I always do that. But it just it just, it just opens your mind to other things that really counts in. It's hard work. It's not as easy as everybody thinks. Everything is accounted for. You really have to take notes on things that really stay on top of your business. And I feel like that helps me uh, in life as well, not just in the ring, but and not just here, but in life as well, as far as like hopping on my business and staying professional and being mindful of others and learning how to deal with people. It just helps in, in and all, all around with me. And, you know, of course, people comes and they want to take pictures next to the golden crab right there and. Things like that, so it's just and it, and it boosts my my ideas for other business adventures. So I feel like being being here at CBS Crabs and opening it is like really a start for me. And you know, I'm breaking generational curses as well.
0: And, and I'm curious because you're Philly guy, you know, I would think cheesesteaks or something like that, <laughs> Philly cheesesteaks. But you you go crabs, huh?
1: Females love the crabs. <laughs> <laughs>
0: they love <laughs> You're a smart one. I love it, Steven. You're a smart. <laughs> You're a smart one. This segment of the show is brought to you by Man Cave Health. It's a public charity that raises awareness nationwide for prostate cancer. Many of you know I battled prostate cancer, and it had it not been for me taking a PSA test, you know, the doctor told me I could have been dead uh, within a year. Thirty thousand men die every year from prostate cancer simply because they didn't know their number they didn't get an annual check and also do you know one out of every four black men are diagnosed with prostate cancer how important is your health to you
1: uh, it's very important to me it's very important i say because you know besides everything that's going on we have to obviously check up on our well-beings and take the time out to, you know, cater and care for ourselves as well as we do for everyone else or our kids or our family. So I feel like taking one day, one day out of the year is needed to, to, to check up on your personal health because sometimes we may be too busy or don't come around to it as well or as often. So I believe everyone needs to get a yearly checkup rather as once or two times a year just to be able to say you're still in good health and you know what's ahead of you uh, of, of your life. It's a good thing to do.
0: And, and listen, I know you're you're a young guy, 25 years old, but but are there other men uh in your life, whether it's your father, uncles, who you have to make sure and encourage them that yo, pop or unc, I need you to go get checked.
1: Yeah, actually is my coach Wahid, the one I'm always with. I'll be telling him, like, yo, take care of yourself, bro, get checked out. Brad there's not, it don't even have to be anything sexual, just check up on your well-being like yeah yeah is everything intact is it, you about to have a heart attack or is it what's up let me know you know y'all getting a little older than me <laughs> yeah everybody i like it. everybody that's a male right I me mean, is like 40 and up
0: <laughs> and the main reason why they need to get checked especially have a PSA test because they say for black men 40 and up is when you need to start sure. getting that PSA test for sure yeah the mission for Man Cave Health is to encourage all men to take just one hour out of the year to either get a physical and a PSA test. And with donations from people just like you, you can help other men who maybe don't have the resources to pay for a PSA test or a physical exam. All you've got to do is go to the Man Cave Health website at mancavehealth.org and sign up for their free newsletter it is a great resource and please make a donation because this public charity is trying to make sure that all men can get a physical and a PSA test and all you've got to do to donate to this public charity is text the last stand to 44321 Steven, uh, for everybody who uh, watches and supports the podcast, we allow them to submit questions. Man, they came raining in for Cool Boy Steph, so let's get right to them. Uh, this first one comes from Twitter from The Radical. He says, why did you change head trainers?
1: Uh, I believe it was needed in uh, many ways. I feel like that's what should be done when you have two trainers. I feel like... It shouldn't just be one lead or all the time. Whoever has the best game plan, the best decisions, that should be the lead for this fight. Now we come back around as a team effort. We come back around, uh, yo. This the next trainer have a better, a better aspect on how we should take lead and take care of this fight. or then you should be the lead for this fight. Then I feel like it's that's the team effort. That's the team goal. I feel like as well as that, other things were personal things was going on.
0: So. And have you, did you make the change before the, uh, the Leo fight or after? Before. Okay, got it. Um, this one from Diego on Twitter, he says, uh, how important do you feel uh, amateur experience played in your career uh, now as a pro, considering uh, you've had less fights than other pro prospects, but having more success as a pro?
1: Uh, it plays a, a major role, and I say that because even though I've had like max 89 amateur fights compared to all the 235 and the 300, it's because every fight that I fought mainly was tournaments. I've won the National Golden Gloves, the Silver Gloves, the Ringside, Junior Golden Gloves, fought WSB, World Series, Series Boxing, and those helped me gain the experience, the knowledge, and for the pros and make those transitions. Because once, once again, me, I had to, I had to take a lot of trips across the pond or over this place and not all the time. My trainer was with me that helped me uh, being able to deal with if my trainer isn't able to make it to a professional fight, I know how to still get in there and handle business. I'm still aware. I'm smart. I won't be as nervous. Cause I've, I, I, I'm, I I, became normal and accustomed to doing things without my trainer. So that helped me in that aspect. Uh, and, and it also helped me as far as just, my fighting styles, getting other styles and putting it in the mind. So that helps a lot. Amateurs is, is well needed. It, it prepares you.
0: Um, this one from Lex on Twitter. He says, Will you ever face Rais Alim?
1: Uh if it makes sense. And when the time and when the time comes, yes. If he's a mandatory or whatever, yeah. But as of right now, but it's nothing for me to gain. I'm just gonna be fighting him. I mean, like I said before, I could use I could use him as a tune-up in my eyes. I definitely, I definitely fight them. I'm not shying away from, I'll fight them. But right now it wouldn't make sense for me if I'm already in unification bouts and looking to be undisputed and have bigger and more belts ahead of me. If I could make those happen, I would make those happen. It would be no sense of me not fighting for another world title or unifying when I can be easily unifying and become undisputed.
0: Uh, this one from Twitter as well says, best rapper ever from Philly.
1: I, I'm gonna give it, I'm gonna give it to my era. Meek Mill. Beanie right. Siegel. Okay. I got your state Ah.
0: Okay. All right. All right. Like it. I like it. Uh this one from Ron on Twitter. It says, What has been your toughest fight thus far?
1: Uh, my toughest could be Arnold k guy and i see that because i had to make a lot of adjustments i didn't believe in myself in certain aspects of that fight and i've seen it maybe y'all haven't but i've seen it and i know that's why uh certain certain areas i wasn't letting my hands go where i knew i could have so i believe that was the more tougher fight for me
0: uh this one from twitter as well says are you planning on fighting actively like three to four times a year like canelo or will you settle into a two-year pattern um, also, can you drop down to one eighteen? No,
1: I can never drop down
0: to one eighteen.
1: <laughs> the lowest I can get is twenty two. Okay. Not twenty one point eight. Not twenty six. <laughs> twenty two. <laughs> That's my mark. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I would like to fight at the minimum, max, minimum or max three times a year. I, uh, you know, we got to take care of our bodies as fighters. Yeah. So all 100%. that training and getting in the fight. It, that that definitely takes a toll on you.
0: This one from Twitter as well. It says, "How does your weight division become as hot in public opinion as it is in talent?"
1: Look who y'all talking to. It's because of me. I'm making it. I'm making the division hot. I'm not even gonna hold you. I'm the reason why the division hot. I got everybody want to be undisputed at this weight class. I got everybody want to fight each other at this weight class. I'm making the division hot. They all say all oh, Stephen forces a blabbermouth. Without the blaring mouth, we'd be watching boring fights. Yeah, it'd probably be action. Oh, they was getting it on, but it was it would be no excitement there. What else is it? But are oh, you? Yeah, they, they had a nice fight, but where's the excitement at? They should be thanking me. Honestly, they should, they, everybody in the division should be thanking me that I I feel I'm the one who got the division back hot. Yeah, the MJ got two belts and Brandon just won a belt, but realistically speaking, who's bringing more the attention? and who, who has the, the who has the eye catcher, and it's me. I'm the one, I'm talk. I, I had the better characteristics. I have the better, I'm more open with the fans and the people, I know how to talk. Everybody's just, oh, no, yeah, I'm just uh, training, getting ready for the fight, and nobody wanted, we want to be more into your life. We wanted to know, something. where's the excitement? Show us the excitement. I'm the one bringing the excitement, it's me. Thank you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool boy, Steph. It's time for the last stand. I'm going to ask you a series of questions. Champ, you give me the first thing, not the second, the first thing that comes to your mind. You ready? Yeah. All right, here we go. Who is Philly's brightest young star right now? Is it Stephen Fulton Jr. or Jerome Boots Ennis? Boots. Really? He younger. He's younger than me. You said the youngest. Okay, 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 okay. You're right. I like it. Um, which uh, Philly former champ do you see becoming world champion again? Tevin Farmer, J-Rock Julian Williams, or Danny Garcia? J-Rock. Okay. <laughs> Do more people call you Cool Boy Steph or Scooter? Scooter. (laughs) So why don't you let the people know about Scooter? Because if you call me Scooter, that means you know me. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) I love it. Um, And and, and let the people know, how did you get the nickname Scooter? My
1: dad gave it to me. I don't know why he just looked at me and said, hey, scooter, 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 scooter. <laughs> and that was that. It just stuck to me. It just stuck with me.
0: <laughs> I love you. Know I, You got a good, you, cool boy Steph is good. Like we told Boots, you got to do something with that, that nickname. These boots are made for walking. You got to do something with yeah, it. You you know? gotta, that's what I'm saying.
1: You got to put that, everybody got to put that on Shazam in their weight class. That's what it is. Once Boots find out what it is, he going to run with him. try
0: trying to tell you. All right. Uh, do the Sixers. Have what it takes, because you know your boy Embiid's always hurt. Does he have what it takes to win the East and make it to the finals? Yes. Okay. I like it. I like it. Uh Last but not least, by the end of the year, we will be saying Stephen Fulton Jr. blank. Finish that.
1: The best Super Banner super way ever.
0: Wow. Wow. Okay. Folks, I'm telling you, that's what we do. We bring you the biggest names in the sport like cool boy, Steph, the WBO champion, Philly's only world champion right about now. Cool boy, Steph, man. I know you, you're going to be starting to ratchet it up. You got unification coming on Showtime in September. I can't wait to see it and wait to be there. I wish you all the luck, man. And I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. (laughs) Listen, folks, that's what we do. We bring the biggest names like Stephen Fulton Jr. Thanks for watching. We'll see you again next week.